This is the Dosa Cero Podcast, a weekly show devoted to football in Mexico, the U.S., and beyond. If you are a pocho, regio, cholo, tigre, chilango, Pull up a chair, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the next 90 minutes of heated football debate. Thus begins the Dosa Cero Podcast. Welcome to the Dosa Cero Podcast, uh, Copa America edition. Uh, this is John Javu. Glad you could join us. I know it's not on our usual night, but uh, we haven't had a show for the past couple of weeks for for uh, different reasons. Uh, travel for a lot of folks is one, and just the schedules haven't really worked out for us. But we're glad that you're with us here tonight. Uh, I am uh, not at home. I'm in Philadelphia. I just got uh, done working the uh, – who was it to play? It was Chile-Panama, a uh, 4-2 win for Chile, which uh, – Looks like we'll now be facing Mexico this Saturday at Santa in Santa Clara in California, where we will have the Dos Acero correspondent, Fernando Regino, doing reports for us. So we're looking forward to hearing that. And uh, we're just uh, glad, again, that you're with us tonight. Uh, we have with us Alberto Campa. We believe that, uh, that Daniel Preciado will join us and hopefully some of the other uh, regular cast members here at the Dos Acero Football Podcast will join us tonight. We're live on YouTube right now, as you know, and of course we will uh, archive this and post it on iTunes a little bit later. But uh, without further ado, I do want to introduce the folks that are with us tonight. Uh, first off, uh, fresh off uh, a trip to uh, Pasadena, where he was uh, one of our correspondents. We have Fernando Regino. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you, John, for asking. Fernando, how, how does it feel now, now that you're on the other side, now that you're a member of the fourth estate? How, how does it feel going, going, going to a game now? And I have to ask you a very important question. I'll let you answer this, and I'm going to go ahead and follow up with a very important question. You know, it's tough. Let me tell you. Uh, I, I, want, I actually I want to be with the crowd cheering or suffering or whatever, but this is, I am enjoying this, and I'm having lots of fun, like being in a different aspect of the sport. And... Um, yeah, this is such a great opportunity to enjoy this. Well, so that's I guess that's the follows up. Uh, my next question is, how hard is it for you to not cheer or or, or have emotional outbursts <laughs> while you're watching in the press box? Um, yeah, I already messed up several times, so. Uh, the, yeah, did they come yell at you? There's no, there's no, there's no cheering in the press box. You can't cheer in the press box. Well, I'm not the only one cheering though. That's, that's the thing that kind of saves me. But unfortunately, it just catches me by surprise, and and then I was like, oh my god, I gotta tweet this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's hard. It's very hard. You know, I did notice that uh, I was just at the game in Philadelphia, the uh, 4-2 win of Chile over Panama. That that that, that there's a sign in the mix zone that says. No live broadcasts from the mix zone. So I guess there were a lot of people that were trying to periscope or do this or do that, and I guess they're they're making uh, making sure that the that the rights holders are the all the only ones that are able to uh, get their signal out. Which I understand. I mean, they do pay a lot of money for that. So it, it it's been a very interesting tournament, and uh, unfortunately for me, well, I guess now that I'm my my time is over, I might be able to. Tell y'all a little bit more inside information about how these things go on, which which I might uh, 
don't know if I'll get to do it tonight, but I'll probably in, in future episodes. With us, of course, uh, the gentleman who is uh, kind of hosting by proxy, even though he is there in in in, in the, the southern Travis County. Well, actually, you're in Hayes County. Now that I think about it, uh, we have Alberto El Chiquis Campa, who uh, unfortunately was not able to get his uh, person credentialed uh, in order to go to games in Houston, which uh, was unfortunate for us. But we uh, we love you all the same, Albert. Good to have you with us tonight. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I got denied. Now, but it's all good. Yes, uh, good to be on with you guys. Well, it's uh, glad to be with us. Now, I guess uh, the first topic we want to talk about is uh, Mexico's performance in the tournament so far. They they did win their group. They have seven points. They had to sweat a little last night against Venezuela, which for for some people they thought that well, you know, if they're playing you know the the, the worst team in South America, they should be able to get a better result than that. Uh, you know, others others see the game as you know maybe Mexico had played their best game but just didn't have a chance to to what didn't. Uh, we weren't able to complete their scoring chances. It's, it's kind of how I feel. Now, one thing that it's that is the most important is, is that Mexico, uh, in my opinion, uh, completed their objective in the group stage, which is, which is to win the group, which is what they did. And then, I mean, now for Mexico to win the group, I think is 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 pretty commonplace in Copa America. I don't think it's as uh, I don't necessarily think that they're going to make T-shirts out of it. Like certain fans from certain teams that, that that win groups, it's not it's not that big a deal. What it did for Mexico, however, is that it, it took them out of their the possibility of playing Argentina in the second round. In fact, took them out of their bracket altogether. And I think that 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 right there, I think was was probably the most important objective was not that Mexico doesn't want to play Argentina, but it, if, if you're going to play a team like Argentina, you're going to want to play them a little further down in, in the tournament. In this case, if they were to meet Argentina, it wouldn't be until the final. So I think that that's, uh, you know, certainly uh, something to play for right there. Um, so uh, Mexico will play Chile in all likelihood, unless if Bolivia goes on a scoring rampage here in the second half. They're down 3 nothing to Argentina, a game that's going on live up in Seattle uh, in the great Northwest, a, a great stadium, a great city. Uh, it was the first game uh, that I did for Copa America. It was uh, Peru, Haiti, up in Seattle. It was a lot of fun. Uh, great people up there. So it looks like it's going to be Mexico against Chile. Chile beat Panama tonight, four to two. And uh, uh, Chiki's your 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 initial thoughts about Mexico playing Chile. How do you think it's going to play out? Uh, it's going to be very. I think it's going to be very close. And Chile is not going to. This I sort of mentioned this when they played Chile last, but Chile has the ego. Vidal, um, of course, is you know plays well in Europe, and then uh, what's the other dude's name? Uh, Alexi Sanchez, yeah, from Barcelona. Well, used to be Barcelona. So these guys, you know, have egos. They're not going to be wanting to come and lose to Mexico, especially in a Comebol Cup uh, competition. They're gonna. It's going to be hard fought. There's going to be physical confrontations. I guarantee it. Um, and it's going to be a hard loss if they lose to Mexico. So I wouldn't be surprised to see cards, possibly, because be of hitting or hard tackles or after after call is made, scuffles and things like that. So it should be it should be hard fought. But I think uh, I think Mexico can. 
what's interested me in these past games, especially in Venezuela, is like against them, they scored the first goal, but then they were pretty much scared of Mexico. There were a lot of times they were just um, not fully on bunkering, but they were defending, and Mexico was having a lot of the possession, and you just knew eventually they were going to score something. So I think the South American teams have shown a little bit more respect, and they know and understand that Mexico's got a strong a strong side with strong players. Right. Now, the last time Mexico played Chile was just a few weeks ago. It was in a friendly where the 0-0 game, I think it was in San Diego, and then Chicharito came in in like the 75th minute and five minutes later scored a goal, and Mexico yeah. ended up winning 1-0. Now, the previous uh, game that they played was actually in last year's edition of the Copa America in Chile, and with Mexico's, what I would I wouldn't call them a B team, but an alternate team, ended up tying Chile in Chile 3-3. So it's not, I mean, I know that Chile is a great team. They're ranked fifth in the world right now in FIFA. They're the current South American champions. But, you know, it, 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 it's it, it's not a team that is, you know, overly intimidating uh, by by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, they're, they're a great team. Don't get me wrong. They're a really good team. Now, they did lose... Uh, they did lose their their winger tonight, Isla, who got a second, who got his second yellow in the tournament, and he's going to be out. And they're already missing their their left wing back, who was injured. So they're going to have to do a little a little bit of, of of scrambling to get people in there. So there's going to be some players that are probably going to be playing out of position against Mexico, which I think is going to really really help Mexico, and especially considering who Mexico has on the wings with with uh, Chucky and uh, and and Tecatito Corona. So that's something that I, that we would uh, certainly have to keep an eye on. Now, you know, when we compare this tournament, and I don't think you really can make you know a comparison to this. To me, I think the 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 the, the best comparison that we can make is the last time Mexico had a full showing at a Copa America, and that was in 2007. And they actually played Chile in that tournament as well, where they tied 0-0. They were in the same group, but that was after Mexico had beaten Ecuador and Brazil, so they had already qualified for the next round. And uh, and then the, the the tie would give them the seven points, and they were able to to get through. And of course, they made it to the semifinals after beating after beating Paraguay. Now, a lot of uh, people, including me, and including a lot of people that listen to us, and a lot of people that participate on our show, thought that uh, Juan Carlos Osorio last night made a huge mistake, and it almost cost him by making wholesale substitutions. Not just in this game, but but really in, in the three group games, and uh, especially after seeing what happened to his native Colombia and then to Brazil both uh, by getting uh, you know obviously Colombia got knocked uh, knocked out in first place. Well, hang on, let me finish. Let me finish. You can disagree all you want. Let me finish. <laughs> Go ahead. Where where, where Colombia was knocked out of first place in their group. Turns out it actually worked out pretty well for them because now they're on the you know what the what some would consider the more accessible bracket with uh, they'll be playing Peru and then the winner of the Chile-Mexico match. And, of course, Brazil not uh, not really taking the tournament seriously and then losing to uh, Peru on a, I guess, a very questionable... Well, it was a handball, let's face it. The guy scored with his hand. And, and Peru won 1-0 and knocked Brazil out of the tournament altogether. So, you know, knowing that that had happened... And, and knowing how important it was for Mexico to win the group, not to win the group, but 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 to give themselves a better position, better opportunity to advance in the tournament by 
you know, by by uh, by playing the second place team out of Group D instead of the first place team, it it seemed to make more sense to me to to kind of play a, a team that had been playing together more, you know, guys that were more comfortable with each other more than uh, lining out with 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 the players that he lined up with yesterday, and you know, ten minutes into the game, bam, Venezuela scores on a set piece, and then Mexico for the next what was it, 70 minutes? You know, we, we, it looked like the, the Mexico that we've all seen, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times where they get down to the final third and just miss the pass or they get the pass and miss the shot. And it had to take uh, uh, a moment of individual brilliance by Tecatito Corona to score the equalizer, which then, you know, made everyone rest a little easier. Mexico, just with the tie, was able to get the first place. But it seemed to me that, that 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 this was the first time that we've seen Osorio make a tactical mistake in the sense that it probably would have been a better better for Mexico to have a little bit more continuity in a starting lineup and knowing how important this game was for positioning in the future of the tournament. Fernando, you disagree? Go up, fire away. Thank you for the chance. Uh, well, the reason why I disagree is you know how. Earlier in previous podcasts, you said that, you know, if the ref doesn't call the foul, it's not a foul. Well, you said right here that Osorio made, made a big mistake. Well, did they lose? Did they tie? They, they tied, right? So it wasn't a mistake. So uh, the, the plan worked out. You know, obviously he had to do a, f- uh, a few adjustments, you know, but I, I think the way he is handling the – I don't think you call it rotation. It's more like uh, – how do you say, tactical positioning of the team. You know, you, the way he is uh, putting assigning players for a specific purpose for that specific game, to me, it's a stroke of genius, revolutionary. Another team does that. You know, and every coach is going to have their own way of doing things. For example, like Luis Van Gaal in the World Cup, you know, saving a substitution for the penalties for the goalie. People thought that was kind of weird, but in the end, it worked out for them. So right now, uh, this is working out for Osorio. He's still undefeated. He still got us in first place. So classifying it as a mistake is a mistake. Chiquis, your response. Oh yeah, um, I disagree. <laughs> I'm on the side of I don't I don't fully hate Osorio or you know I'm not gonna, I'm not as I'm not as blatant as well from what he's been saying on our in our chats, but um, yeah, I think I think he 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 made some mistakes. He's barely getting away with it. We saw that in the Jamaica in the Jamaica game. Uh, Yasser is you know made some huge mistakes, even though he made that unintentional block to save probably a, a goal um, in this game against um, against Venezuela. He comes out with. Uh, Torres Nilo, who didn't play well, and then he subs him. So you just basically, to me, it seems like okay, his mistake, right? And he and he sub, he wasted a sub on a mistake, which he could have, you know, done from the very beginning. Um, Miguel Leon comes in, does an excellent job on the left side, and that's another sort of maybe, uh, in parentheses, admission to a mistake. He's not on the right anymore. Let's put Miguel back on the on the left, uh, where he had an awesome shot, which the goalie had to stretch out and it was powerful he, he deflected it and saved it but 
that, that's what Miguel does. He he makes those shots. He makes crosses in. Uh, what else? Well, you know, I don't necessarily think Torresino played badly, but and so and then I guess this is where I think that there was there was more of a rotation, and I think it was a I think that 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 that, that the players knew who was going to start. You know, ba- you know, unless if there were cards, etc. In in each of these three games, because because he did rotate his keepers, which which frankly I will never understand. I mean, it it almost seems to me that that Juan Carlos Osorio is using this Copa America just because of the fact that he hasn't really had, you know, a full complement of. Play. I mean, he's only played what five games with Mexico. He had a, a couple of friendlies, but he hasn't really seen what his players can do in certain situations. So, I it it almost seems to me that that and 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 knowing how meticulous this guy is as far as planning his his practices and 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 been putting i mean even even as something as simple as putting cones out i mean th- this is a guy who who plans everything down to the second so i for i do believe that the players knew that they were going to play certain games well ahead of time and uh, and because of that it, it, you know, again, uh, I think it. I'm not going to say. I mean, it, to me, it, it's almost pretty ballsy to to to, to play a tournament with 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 that kind of rotation. Now, where I do think he has messed up, and, and maybe he's starting to realize why, what what other players or what other coaches saw with Carlos Peña is is that Carlos Peña is you know he's the only guy that hasn't played, other than Candido Ramirez who came in late, but 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 Hulit is the guy that he you know brought in to replace Giovanni and 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 and, and Hulet hasn't played at all you know he has not seen any minutes at all now uh you know take that for what it's worth but what I do think though I do think that that this rotation of players was planned uh, I mean there's no reason to me why why Torres Nilo would play against Venezuela I mean honestly you know Torres Nilo is is a guy that's that's more defensive oriented he's 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 a guy that's going to play when you're playing teams that are probably going to possess the ball more, are going to be a little bit more dangerous than you. Uh, you know, when if you play like an you know an Argentina or you know one of the upper echelon European teams, that's when you put in a Torres Nilo. Or, or if you're on the road in Concacaf, you know when you're going up against some of the teams that have like the really fast swingers, that's when you put in a Torres Nilo. You're not going to put in a Torres Nilo when you're playing Venezuela. So that to me was an indication that that this that this rotation had been planned all along. And I think what what, he, what needs to happen now is that, okay, okay, Osorio needs to tell himself, okay, I've seen my players. Now I need to settle on an 11, and I'm going to use the 11 for these next three games. Because I'll be honest with you guys, I don't think Mexico has a better opportunity to win this tournament than what, what's in front of them right now. I agree. This is probably the best opportunity. A great team, you know, not, not too many injuries. As a matter of fact, I don't think... We didn't lose out to many or any players due to other than Jugendam. and them. but um, yeah, this is this is the best opportunity right now. And you know what? Like I, I really like the rotation of the goalies. Also, remember in the World Cup 2010 when we already knew that what's his name? I forget. Is the little chaparrito guy from Pachuca? Conejo. El Conejo Perez. He was he was starting. He beat Ochoa to the unbelievably to the goalpost and. And to the spot, and you know, people. Were I think that had a lot more to do uh, with the coach, uh, with the coach, than anything else. I, I agree, but the yeah. thing is, is what I was getting at is 
uh, Ochoa, people would say, oh, they, they, he was logging on to his Xbox at 3 in the morning, <laughs> you know, over the, their time over there. And obviously he was not motivated. Why? You, you know, somebody else is going to play for me, so why should I rest? Why should I do whatever? Right? This rotation is keeping all the players sharp and focused for hey, all you, of their think, engagements. Do you think Ochoa could have blocked that goal? Absolutely, yes. That goal versus, from Venezuela, yes. I think he would have. I don't but, know how you can say that. I mean, I mean, it was, it happened. It was, yeah. I mean, come on. It was hard. I mean, he has good reflexes and more and better than than uh, Corona, but I, I don't see him blocking it. Oh, and shout out to Warrior SOG to uh, Carlos Castro and to Adrian on the chat. Well, and on BSMX. Well, thank you guys very much for listening to us. I know that we kind of surprised everybody that we would do this show tonight. So thank you guys for joining us as always. And if you have any questions or comments, please. Feel free to join the uh, feel free to join the conversation. Warrior um, SG says is Chucky better than Tecatito. I don't think so. Especially you know, I think that well, I'm sorry, go ahead for another. I don't want to interrupt you. Well, no, you, no, so actually, you say no. I no, actually I was just gonna say I just don't think so. Like uh, right now, Tecatito has produced I know that, that uh Tecatito has had more time to produce, but He's he has been being a monster. Well, well Chucky, you know, fortunately he hasn't had those. Well, he hasn't created his own chances like. Well, Chucky has, you know, he was out of. I mean, said that he's another player who was out of position. He's much much better playing on the left than he is on the right. Uh, and, and and frankly, you know, even with Aquino in there, Aquino is much better on the right than he is on the left. So, kind of made no sense to me why. Uh, but anyway, but as far as you know, it's it's hard to compare. I think that. That both of them have just an, an an incredible ceiling. I think that their their potential is, is is out of this world. Where Corona really really needs to to improve is 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 his decision making. He what, what once he learns what what he's going to do before he does it, I think that he's going to be just a terrific player. Chucky, I think already has that. I, I I think Chucky manages the game a little bit better than than Corona. But I do think that Corona has, uh, you know, maybe has a little bit more technical skill. But I think that Chucky has it has a little bit more of the mental game, a mental edge on on, on Tecatito. But I mean, they're both just terrific players. I mean, there's no question. I mean, it's you know, I can I see think, that. I don't think anybody's missing Giovanni or Vela, honestly. And I, I love these guys. Both of these guys on the wings are are awesome. Even even Chucky's been doing good. And I see what you're saying about the mental thing. The the thing I would say though in that with Tecatito. On the mental side, he just seems like way more daring because he tried the same sort of move to try to take on like four, three, five people, but just he just kept on trying and like what right. are you doing trying all this stuff? And then the one time he comes up with this brilliant move and goal, so it's like sometimes you need a guy that just does this crazy. I mean, he does it sometimes too much maybe, or there might be a game where he doesn't get any result out of it. But uh, but yeah, I think Chucky's more conservative. Whereas uh, Tecatito's just crazy daring, and sometimes it'll result in, into brilliance. He did that against but Canada, man. these guys on the wings are awesome. Tecatito didn't uh, – well, yeah, he did. But now, like last night before he scored his great goal, if he would have just looked up and saw that, that that he had two guys standing right there, I mean, he could have just, you know, just nudged it to him, and they would and they would have scored. You know, that that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. If he, just, he just needs to – he, he needs to read the game just a little bit better, and I think that once he starts doing that, I think that that he's going to be just he's going to be unstoppable. Well, there's and, room for improvement, I'm sure. But you know, like they, I I personally think that let him let him do what he's doing. You know, he's doing fantastic. 
scanning the results just like Osorio. <laughs> Now, uh, now this is, I think, where an area of Mexico is going to is going to be able to take advantage of Chile because of the fact that Isla is out with two yellows, and uh, the, their other starting wing back is injured, and they've had to use Beausejour, they've had to use Buen Salida, so they're, they're you know they've been rotating guys, guys that aren't necessarily used to playing that. So I think that that's really going to help, uh, you know, if Mexico is going to is going gonna, is gonna, to exploit cheat in any way i think that that that, that that's where they're going to do it and uh so i do think that they have an opportunity uh hey guys if you don't mind i have to just like uh, hop off for about the next five minutes or so so i'll let you guys uh, uh continue to chat uh, i will be back though so just give me a second all right cool yeah man so so for for the next game chile what do you think? What do you think is gonna happen? Well, I um, one thing I gotta point out is that uh, Osorio has been lining up at a four-three-three. He's been playing offensive. Yeah, he's not gonna cater to everybody's wants and needs. Like, oh, having a set lineup. So having a set lineup is so. It's like playing with Catenaccio, you know. Like, by the way, I, <laughs> I want to point out something real quick. How uh, you notice all the teams that that cap M- you know, MLS MLS players have already been eliminated. Like, for example, Brazil capped Kaká and ended up going out on injury. And the ones that did not cap MLS players, you know, like Italy, you know, they shunned Jovinko and all of a sudden they're doing fantastic in the Euro. And Mexico's uh, doing yeah. fantastic. So, yeah, it's just... I haven't even noticed. I don't even know who who is MLS on these teams or anything. Uh, well, there's... Uh, Kaká didn't I even think. play. Haiti, yeah, yeah, but you know they they tainted their team. <laughs> oh man, they got the bad luck or something. Yeah, Haiti got destroyed. You know, that so basically point the point I'm making is like if you have to settle for MLS players, that means you're already scraping at the bottom of the barrel. Well, the US is in. The well, US yeah. made it. They're at home, of course. Yeah, so they have. That was sort of surprising. I didn't I didn't think they were going to do as well. Oh. As they did. You know how they say that we should thank the U.S. for qualifying to 2014 World Cup? Well, they should thank Costa Rica for qualifying to the... Uh, <clears throat> well, actually, uh, they qualified on their own, huh? Yeah, they beat, Cos- they, beat, uh, they beat Costa Rica, which I, I sort of expected. It was the, the Paraguay game that I thought they were going to do a little bit better. And, and going by your MLS deal, though, uh, the U.S. team has a bunch of MLS players, and Paraguay has a bunch of Liga MX players. So, so if you wanna if you wanna go into like that argument, they could probably say, "Well, our U.S. national team beat Liga MX Paraguay." Hey, it happens, you know. Well, Ecuador is in too, and they have a bunch of Liga MX uh, players there. Yeah, so we'll have to see that. That would be that's going to be a good uh, a good game. Yeah. Um. Some some. Warrior son of a B or G, sorry, uh, saying that Chucky Lozano's not ready for the big games. I agree. I think he's a little bit too green, but I'm glad that he gets some playing time because he gets exposed to these the pressure of these games. You know, I'm sure. Yeah, he's already used to winning championships with Pachuca. I know, but I think he's been playing. Um, I think he's been playing good though on the right yes. side. Chucky has, and you know how before it would be Paul Aguilar 
coming up and doing a lot of what's like a lot of the crosses and stuff. But I think he's been, that's the one thing I like about Osorio's in this last game was Chicharito in the middle and Tecatito and, and Lozano on the, on the wings. That I just, I just think was dangerous on both sides. They, cause whenever they're building up from the back, they go to the left. Cool. Tecatito's there. They go to the right. Uh, Chucky's there and he was doing his deal. So I think that's like awesome. I, di- I didn't like the previous game where they had Raul Jimenez playing on the wing and then Chicharito in the middle. That was sort of, Raul needs to be in the middle where he's using his body and stuff. So yeah. I didn't. He's, he's used to como el, el delantero central, Raul Jimenez, but I actually think I, from my point of view, I thought he did a great job versus Jamaica. They were a physical team, man. Yeah, he did good. I think he did good, but, uh. That, that's where it goes back to, you know, Osorio and his planning of each game lineup for depending on who they're playing. You know, they knew they were playing a physical team in Jamaica. So putting the big guys, you know, the big fat, fast guys, you know, they would have been different if, you know, they would have put somebody else in there. So I, I actually like that. I actually like that, that he went to fight that physical battle. He put the, the ones that are more capable of doing so. That, to me, that's a big plus. I don't know about you. I know you already said you hate on the. Well, yeah, that, that, that's, I guess that is a point. So he, he put in these big guys like Troll to take on those dudes. Um, and I, I wasn't too, I mean, they scored some goals. I wasn't too, too upset with the offense during that game, but it was the defense that was just really bad. Jasser was messing up. Um, even I think Moreno and Diego Reyes didn't play. Who's a tall dude. He's not, he's skinny as anything, but he's a tall guy who could have played, you know, a little bit more defensively against the taller Jamaicans. Um, I don't know if he would have made any difference, but Yasser was the one. There was the defense that I had an issue with on the on the Jamaica game. They were making like a ton of errors. Jamaica had clear chances to score, and they missed. They messed up. All teams have chances, man. Even Panama had really good chances to score against Argentina. Eventually, they got destroyed. So, I'll, you know, you you you're not you're not going to have a defense unless the other team is complete utter trash and that you know you're going to block or control every single aspect of the game. There's going to be times where the opposing team, if they're a quality team, you know, you're playing in Copa America, you're going to be playing quality quality teams, so they're going to have chances. Should even IT scored on Brazil and they celebrated like the World Cup. <laughs> so and then Brazil got eliminated in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> By hand. Now, did you see the did you see the press conference with Osorio? Uh the latest one? Yeah, the la- I- um, last game. I haven't had a chance, unfortunately. It, it, um, I remember, like, before, because he's been, of course, on this unbeaten streak. And I think it was after the first, after the Uruguay game, because that was, like, a huge win. Um, everybody was so high on Osorio. And I was thinking, okay, Roni and Joel, those guys got to be, you know, starting to change their minds. Um, and I think um, I read an article about, okay, look at all this stuff that he's doing. He's like moving the, the cones in practice. He's setting everything. He's so detailed and oriented and everything. He's doing like an awesome job. All that stuff seemed to turn around after the Jamaica game and after barely, you know, not winning in Chile. Someone, I think a reporter asked him some question and he, he just like, he was, he's, I think he's getting rustled a little bit, man. That guy's getting, he's getting a little bit of the heat. And if this game, um, if they don't play well or if they even lose, 
that's going to be like, man, there's going to be some criticism and he's going to feel like heat, like no other. And, you know, the typical, uh, questions that the Mexican press brings on, on the national team coaches might come and, and it could very well happen, man. This is going to be a tough game. This is going to be the biggest game in his, in, uh, his tenure here against, uh, Chile. Absolutely. This is, this is his biggest game. So I, I think that, um, it's, it's, I honestly, that's the reason why I'm driving up 10 hours because I want to be there. I that, is be commi- there. that is commitment. <laughs> I want to be there and in his biggest game in his career so far with La Selección. And I wish I could take my kids too, man. Oh my God. I saw the prices on the tickets were like $200. Jesus Christ. Are your kids not worth $200, Fernando? <laughs> I, I don't have enough time to sell enough blood. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what I have two, and I have to buy two tickets. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's probably you are going to San Francisco. There's probably something else that you can sell for them if you <laughs> really wanted to not take your kids to the game. <laughs> I'm not taking the Roni Avenue. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Now, now, do, now, do we think that? Uh... Welcome back, by the way. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah, I had, I had to check. I had I forgot to check in. But uh, now this is something that uh, that that has that has bothered me ever since Osorio uh, has you know took charge with Mexico. Is that for whatever reason there's a very large faction of the press that has been against him from the, from the very start, which I've never understood why. I mean, I don't. You know, you know, it's it's it, it's. It's just a weird relationship that the Mexican press has with has with the sport. Actually, even some of the players were against it silently, believe it or not, according to what I read somewhere on the internet. You know, don't know if it's true or not. And if it's if it's if it's on the internet, then then we know it's true. <laughs> Supposedly, some of the players had reservations about you know a guy coming from Colombia. You know. That, that's his best. Well, uh, see, that's the stuff that cracks me up. Is is, is it? Do, I mean, don't they play soccer in other parts of the world? I mean, <laughs> what what is so special about about Liga MX and Mexican Mexican players that 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 only a Mexican coach or only a coach who's been in Liga MX can 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 coach them? Uh, I mean, the, I've, I've never understood that. The one liner that I always bring up is, "Well, he doesn't know the league. He doesn't know the players in our whatever." I'm like, yeah, it's terrible. Terrible. That's yeah, bad. that's that's, a, that's Ronnie's um, argument. That's horrible. That's that's not even an argument. That's just a. a well, it's that, and then I guess being able to handle the federation and how everything works, and then the Pacto de Caballeros, and then I don't know. And then I think Ronnie even brings up statistics. Like you see statistics of Mexican coaches doing just as good as any European or foreigner that comes in. Well, that's a good actually a well, good, something to bring up. His statistics. What is it like? Twenty-two games beaten. Even though I know it's counting like Gold Cup and all that stuff, but he's maintaining that streak. Has any other coach has had such a good streak? You know, a debut streak like this. Well, also the uh, also the Joel argument from today, I believe, was: Is this team has it done anything greater than other teams past? But but that's the thing though is that is that he wasn't brought in you know the, like they didn't say well we we have to bring in a guy because he has to be better than what they had 
the only reason Osorio is coaching Mexico is because Piojo Herrera, his nakadas got him fired. I'm being serious. I mean, I'm sorry, but that that's just the reality. I know. And I know. It's still. you know, I mean, they, I mean, they, they, you know, he unfortunately upset the boss's family, and 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 when that happens, you have to go. Now, Osorio wasn't brought in because they have to be better. It's no, no. He, I mean, let's face it. Osorio was maybe the third choice of, of the guys that they wanted because, you know, the first guy they wanted was Bielsa, which, which didn't work out. And then they wanted Sampaoli, which either didn't work out or they didn't want to pay him. So they settled for Osorio. So I don't necessarily think that, you know, that, that he, that, 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 that the, 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 that the, the Federation is trying to sell this guy as, oh, well, he's, you know, he's going to, you know, improve this and that. I mean, he just happened. You know, how many, honestly, knowing how the Federation treats coaches and just discards them at, at the first sign of adversity, why would any coach want to coach Matt, want, want to coach this team? And I'm being dead serious. And then that, that's why you see that they have, that they went to this now. He was a guy that, that saw the opportunity. He's like, hey man, you know, this team has a lot of potential. Yeah, I mean that, 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 that this is something that I want to do, and and it's not like you know the team that he was coaching prior to to taking the Mexico job was you know some uh, you know two bit team in some in, in some nothing league. I mean he was coaching Sao Paulo, so it's not like it was uh, it's not like 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 they pulled him out of the out of the Qatari second division to coach. So it's, I mean he has the pedigree now. Now has he coached? Like, does he know the Mexican players? Has he coached the, he's coaching the guy next for a little bit. He's coached MLS for a little bit. That's true. But, you know, just, you know, give the guy a chance. If it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But you know what? You know, Mexico's been in the same position they've been in since 1986. They haven't gotten, you know, they've, you know, the closest they've gotten to doing anything was in the 1993 Copa America when they, they lost to Argentina 2-1 in the final. And then they, they had the same opportunity eight years later in 2001. And again, they lost in the final, two, and that was in in Colombia. So, you know, like I mentioned earlier, before I had to step off, this, this, these next few games are the best opportunity Mexico is probably ever going to have to win this tournament. Which is why it was so important for Mexico to come out of their group in first place, so that they can have this off, so that this opportunity can present itself to it. Now. I, like you guys think that Osorio's real, this is now when Osorio's, uh, you know, his, his job begins Saturday night when they play, when they play Chile out in Santa Clara. This is, if he was brought, brought in to improve Mexico, as Joel says, which I mean, frankly, I don't necessarily agree with, then th- this is going to be his first test. If he wins this one and they make it to the semifinals, then they're going to play either Colombia or Peru, and they're going to he's going to have another huge opportunity. And then and then if if they are able to win that, and then they're probably going to play, you know, either Argentina or USA or whoever it is, maybe Ecuador, who knows? Again, it's just you just you can't ask for a better opportunity than than, than what's afforded to them right now. And with Mexico having the home field advantage that they're going to have in Santa Clara. And then the semifinal, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be in Chicago, which, as we all know, is the third largest Mexican city in the world. Second and, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
you know, the, the, the Mexicans have been living in Chicago for 100 years. So, the, you know, there's obviously a huge Mexican population there. And then the final is going to be New York. And if you all remember the Gold Cup in 2009, it was 85% Mexican when they played uh, in the Gold Cup final in, in uh, 2009 there in the, uh, I guess that was an old giant stadium. But obviously there's a lot of Mexicans. So Mexico's going to have, they're going to be a home team. They were the home team for the first three games, and they're the home team for the next three games. You can't ask for a better opportunity than that. Now, again, Osorio has to deliver, and he has, to, and, and the players. It's not just on Osorio. That's the other thing. You know, all of a sudden the players, you know, the players don't count. You know, you know, the players have to deliver too, and 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 he has to make sure to put the players in, in the right position in order for them to succeed. And if that means to have Nayun on the left. Then you know, for God's sake, put him on the left. Now it's not like he's never played him on the left before. He played played him on the left when they played up in Canada, and he had a great game. So, you know, I, I think Osorio is starting to understand, you know, like anybody else, you know, w- w- what's going to be the best thing for everybody. So, you know, he was feeling the stress. Did you, I was talking to Fernando earlier when you were gone. Mm-hmm. If, if you saw the press conference, he was feeling some. Uh, he was getting a little bit defensive, feeling. I think he's feeling the stress, and you can see that in the game as well. I think that's going to be even more in this in this game, if it's really close or if Mexico goes down. He was sighing and he was like getting frustrated with uh, I think the Tecatito on one of his uh, one of his attempts. He might age forty years and after this. Well, the most stressed I saw him in the whole tournament was in the Jamaica game, and I don't know if I remember this, where there was like a breakaway. I want to say it was three on one, right? And Layun had the ball, and he has Chicharito on the right, and I think he had Jimenez on the left, and they're just 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 streaking down the field. You know, pick a guy, he's going to score. And Layun decides to shoot from 30 yards out. <laughs> yeah. And Osorio just went. I mean, he went ballistic. I mean, you you could just he he uh, did not have nice things to say about Layun on that. I mean, it was it was as animated as I've ever seen them. So, you know, again, it's just it's just a matter of, you know, they're going to be, you know, the teams are going to get better. The, you know, Chile obviously is going to be, is, is probably the, you know, if I had to rank the South American teams in this tournament, they're probably the second best South American team, aside from Argentina. So, but, uh, you know, uh, but, but not, a, not a team that Mexico can't beat. I mean, Mexico can certainly beat Chile. And, I mean, they have, they beat them two weeks ago. It, 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 it's not some, it's not a team that, that, that is, uh, Yes, yes, they should be feared and respected, but you know, let's just leave it at that. So, uh, you know, this again, that just I, I cannot stress what a what a massive opportunity this is for Mexico to have this tournament where they are the de facto home team in this tournament. I mean, I don't know if there's any question. I mean, I was I was at the stadium tonight, and it's like a seventy thousand seat stadium, and they, they didn't even bother to open the upper decks for this game because they knew that they that they sold very few tickets. So there was maybe twenty thousand people in the stands. You know that's not going to happen in Mexico. You know Mexico sold out the the Rose Bowl. They sold out the stadium in Houston. They uh, Fernando, you were in Glendale. What was the atmosphere like in Glendale for that game? Oh wow, it was a t- total party. It was amazing. That I game. mean that that was probably. The, probably the most intense game you've probably ever been to the, as far as the Mexico game, wasn't it? No, I've been to other games that were very intense, like the Mexico versus USA in 1998, in the Gold Cup. That was awesome. But that game w- was just had everything 
they had, you know, fights in the stands, you know, supporters that were very passionate on both sides. Yeah, like the it, the whole thing started hours before the match outside in the Westgate uh, uh, Entertainment District. It, there was just uh, Las Barras were just how do you say confronting each other even before the match was started. Was it was already a lot of smack talk. It was yeah, very intense. And I, I think this is probably the first time I've seen South Americans show, you know, they didn't stand down. That's what I thought was honorable about them is they, they, they were getting yelled puto and they would yell back. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very intense. But, uh, yeah, that match, it was hard to watch from, from where I was at. So you just had to sit there and, and, and like, and just, 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 just be a, a casual observer, as as opposed to now 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 let, let's let, let's contrast that, Fernando, with with how you watched the game last night, because you you didn't get to go to Houston, so you were back. You were you at, were you at home or were, did you go I went to, to a, bar, a, a watering hole? So you were at a watering hole. Now is it a watering hole that's like on the Mexican side of town, or did you go to like a BW three? <laughs> it was in chilling downtown Phoenix, and there was a bunch of Mexicans in there. It was okay. actually an Irish pub, but there was. No Irish in there to be seen. One Venezuelan, and everything, everybody else was Mexican. I didn't okay. even expect it, and it right. was, it was, the crowd was awesome there. So, you so you, so you had a good time last night. You were cheering, you were screaming, and then so, which do you like better? Do you like, you know, the 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 the, the quiet reserve of the press box where, you know, you see Fernando Schwartz go, oh, ese fue un buen pase, que bien, <laughs> que bien juega ese señor. Or, no. or do you like or do you like yelling at ese pinche cabrón de la chingada madre que, que fui? and then you're yelling at the TV? Which uh, do you like better? I like uh, I like being in the crowd. That that's just being me there. I, I there's nothing like it. Yeah, being in the press box it has its perks, but being in, I rather be in the crowd. Absolutely. I have a quick question for you, by the way. You think that should line up uh, the same lineup in the like they they did with Chile back in June first. I can no. <laughs> I can read it off to you if you want. Yasa Corona in the defense, Nestor Araujo, Jesus Molina. You can just stop right there. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> no, I mean personally, I think it should be. Uh, 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 they should have a Cho as the goalie. Have uh, Araujo and and uh, Moreno as the two centrales. Uh, I guess Paul Aguilar on the right, although the, I don't necessarily think that he's had a. I mean, I guess he's been okay. And you know, Layun on the left, have uh, Rafa or Diego Reyes in as the as the stopper, and then have uh, Herrera and Guardado, and then play the three. You know, Chicharito and Tecatito and Chu. And obviously, it's gonna have to be Chucky because. Uh, because Aquino's hurt, so so that would be my lineup, and I and I think that that that, that lineup, you know, beat Chile and, and use the same lineup against whoever it is in the semifinal, and then if they win that, the same lineup that's in the final. I mean, to me, that's your strongest team. There's no reason to alternate it. May, maybe the only the only change I would make if if he wants to bring in Chucky, you know, in the second half, which I'm totally fine with. I mean, I don't think that. Chucky necessarily has to start because I think that's like, like you know, just blow it is is to maybe start uh, uh, Jimenez and, and Chicharito together because I think they play really well together. Yes, I actually agree with that. That's such. And, a and I think that I think Jimenez is too good 
to not play him. I mean, I, I really, I have, I think Jimenez, I think Jimenez is incredibly talented. I agree. With, I, that's, that would be a fantastic lineup, actually, and it would be totally different than what he fielded back in June first. Yeah, because because those those friendly games, he did the same thing. He he played, you know, the the one group against who was the first team that they played. It was uh, Paraguay. Uh yeah. And then and then and then and then a completely different a completely different team the next one so yeah there's no you know now now you have to pick your best guys you have there you you, you cannot rotate you guys like you've seen who you got you've got to play your best guys you've got to play your best guys did you say uh, Chucky and Tecatito and then well that's that that's my only that's like my only do that I mean I think that either one of those two and then have uh, Jimenez and and, and Chicharito start. So go Chicharito, Jimenez, and either Corona or Chucky, you know, pick one, and then use the other guy as a relevo. Have the other guy come in. He's on the on the wings, playing the wings a little bit. Yeah. I thought he played all right, but I I, I'm, I like him better, like, in the middle, using his body and posting and doing, like, Chicharito role type of thing. And 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 sort of like the way Oribe and Chicharito were in last night, and then Tecatito and Chucky as well. Like they had to go on the offensive, of course, to have that, you know, to get back that goal. But that seemed like a, like a stacked offense right there. But you're, of course, leaving your defense a little bit weakened. I, I just see, I just like Jimenez more on the, in the middle. I mean, he did good on the, on the wing as well. Well, you know how he played versus USA. He was on the side too. You know, back in October, you know, he Jimenez actually plays well on the wings. Yeah, he's got good ball control. And good speed. I don't think his speed is up is like as much as as Chucky and. Oh no, that's even. True. Well, but it's not as bad as as you might say too, because you know, remember that goal that he scored versus Atlético Madrid, where he around that defender. That was that was some speed right there. He does have it. It's just it just depends on the style of play. If you're playing for the counter, that would be more more of his style. Uh, but. I, I personally think that that lineup that um, John put out there is a great lineup. I, I will I will hope to see that from Osorio, but who knows what he's going to line up. He's playing this like a, che- a game of chess, which is also an acceptable reason to do whatever he's doing. Yeah. I sort of like, I mean, one, one thing about his constant rotation is what the players have been saying is they, they it keeps them on their toes. It keeps them with the mindset that they might play, that they might go in, you never know. And that keeps them mentally prepared. That's, it's not like, okay, I'm not going in, so I'm just going to mess around during practice or I'm going to be upset or rustled and stuff. <laughs> At any moment, you can go in. And so, unless you're a uh, ghoulie, that dude, <laughs> like John was saying, that dude's not going in. <laughs> well, he hasn't gone in, so who knows. But Who knows? He might get a chance. To... He might be the surprise of the tournament. <laughs> But yeah, I I actually that's one of the things I like it. Like you know, what, that's actually a comment from one of the players themselves that keeps on focused. They like what he's doing. That everybody has a chance. That there's no such thing as a started set lineup and everybody else is out. No, everybody has a chance, and that's fantastic. Yeah. What happened to Jan? Did he like get disconnected? Yeah, I think he did, or he left or something. All right. You have anything else to discuss? No, just um, if anybody wants to set up a GoFundMe 
for my trip to California. You guys are welcome. <laughs> uh, other than that, um, alrighty. Sorry, boys, my phone died. Okay, Jan, go ahead. Welcome back. Yeah, sorry about that. Now I have to ask you guys a question. I mean, uh, out of out of this whole tournament, who do you think has been the biggest disappointment? Brazil, of course. And Costa Rica. Actually, it's a combination of everything. Because I I actually expect more from Costa Rica and Brazil, Paraguay too. I actually expected a lot from them. The Rob. A friend of mine was saying, Concacaf teams have just sucked it up, except for U.S. and Mexico. Panama. I thought, I thought they should have been better. Costa Rica, of course, should have, you know, done a little bit better, well, a lot better against the U.S. Um, and the rest are distinct and irrelevant. <laughs> but those two teams were disappointments. The thing that surprised me about Panama, and this is the same thing that I see when Honduras plays, is, you know, and I thought that Costa Rica, well, they've gotten better about it, obviously, because they had that such a good run in the World Cup. But, but, uh, Panama, you know, when they play the U.S. and Mexico, I mean, they're beasts. I mean, they're such a hard team to, to, to break down. And they get the first goal against Chile. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, man, Chile is going to – they're going to pull their hair out try to try to score against this team. But, I mean, Panama just, just – I mean, they just so just, – just meekly let Chile just totally control the game. I mean, to the point where when we were in the truck watching the – Watching the, you know, the, the, like like the minute, the thirty fifth minute. I mean, Panama's haciendo tiempo just so that they don't, you know, look like they're just getting destroyed. Like versus Argentina. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, they just bent exactly. over Argentina there on that one. They gave up. They did. Now, now Panama did. You know, they did get that second goal in the second half to make it at least interesting. But you know, from the from from the time that Chile scored up until about like the you know, the seven, I guess it's like the 70th minute or so. I mean, it was just a, it was one-way traffic. I mean, Panama just had no, they had nothing. They, I mean, and it's just so shocking to me because, again, when they play Mexico in the U.S., I mean, they're they are just a completely different team. And and it makes me wonder, it's like, you know, what is it about about CONCACAF teams that, that, that's, that gets so, uh, that puff their chests out so much when they play, in Mexico and the U.S., but like like Honduras in the World Cup, they just they just you know just totally fall apart against teams that, that frankly aren't any better than than the U.S. and Mexico. It just it just, it just makes no sense to me. And I and I thought better. I thought I thought Panama honestly uh, before that when they got the goal. <laughs> I mean, I I thought before the game I thought you know they they could really surprise Chile here. Now they did have four players that were suspended and didn't play. Because of yellow cards, so I mean they did they were missing you know practically half their team, but still I mean what happened I mean I mean I I thought Panama was a was was on on a real track to 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 qualify for the World Cup and now I'm not so sure. Yeah, Panama. I was very disappointed in them. Actually, I was kind of disappointed in Panama too, especially that but Argentina. Now that you mention it, you know I thought that they had a good win versus Bolivia. But you know, Bolivia was was the we already knew that was going to be the whipping boy in that group. But but I didn't think they were going to bend over like they did 
versus Argentina. Was yeah, crazy. but you know, I mean, they, up until Messi came in, they were giving they were giving Argentina fits. Yeah. And then Messi came in, and he scored, and he scored. They scored what four goals in twenty minutes. Yes. So, I mean, I mean, they, they, they I guess they did kind of uh, yield a little bit there at the end. Uh, now, you know, IT obviously, uh, you know, they had a chance to tie Peru because I did that game and the guy missed the header. You know, against Brazil, you know, what are you going to do? And I guess after that, it was just, uh, you know, it was I guess it was a formality. But uh, but you good. You, you guys are right though. The uh, you know Jamaica didn't score a goal in the tournament. Costa Rica had a chance, you know. The, you know, the, the, their game was the, the Paraguay game, and they didn't do anything. They were—I don't know how they lost four nothing against the States because I didn't get to see the game. But didn't they pretty much? I want to say dominate, but weren't they? Weren't they the quote-unquote better team that night? Did you watch that game, Chiquis? Which game was it? The USA Costa Costa Rica. Oh yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah, they played terrible. U.S. the U.S team they fumbled and you know they didn't their goals weren't pretty um but yeah Costa Rica just you know they didn't play up to par at all against the US like they did in, in other games I didn't think I didn't think they were going to win against the US but yeah they got they got because 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 the coach made it sound like he said that you know like 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 in the overall part of the game he just said that you know I thought that, that we looked better but didn't Costa Rica just make like just like the incredibly stupid and fatal mistakes that led to goals? Is that what happened? Uh, yeah, I think one of them was that way. The other ones were, were were their defense was just a little lax, and the U.S. sort of did green. Uh, Wood had a sort of a good turnaround shot and made uh, a goal. The other ones like bounced off of Dempsey, bounced off of a, a Costa Rican player, and then a pass to to for a goal. So. Just sort of like fumbling plays that, but on the offensive side, Costa Rica didn't provide much danger or anything at all. Yeah, that was beautiful. Speaking of like, uh, of Messi and this Argentina team though, Messi man just nutmegged the keeper. He was offsides, but he nutmegged the keeper after doing that. <laughs> and, uh, it just humi- the, the team is just humiliating Bolivia. It's over already, but, um, one of the Bolivian players got all mad and tricked Messi and was like getting face to face with him about the fight and stuff. It was pretty, it's pretty funny. But I think this, whoever beats Argentina in this tournament is going to be like God status, man. If Mexico beats Argentina in the final, Osorio is going to be put up a, a statue of Osorio is going to be in Roni's apartment pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the chisel ready. <laughs> I'll definitely be first in line to start picking away. Yeah, but this uh, this Argentina comes is coming in hot, and Mexico is also coming in hot too. So, and the other teams like Colombia didn't look that well versus um, Costa Rica. They got destroyed. Well, you know uh, Juan Arango, who I don't know if you all follow him on Twitter or not. He's out of Miami. He actually was calling our game tonight on the Spanish on the Spanish side of the world feed, and he told and I guess he's Colombian. And I, and I and I told him because we were talking about the game. He said, you know, and then Colombia, you know, cracked a bet against uh, Costa Rica, which which as it turns out, you know, I was kind of joking and said, well, you know, it ended up you know working out well for him because of the side of the draw. He said, I would agree with you, but he said, but for some reason, the Peruvians just own Colombia. <laughs> so 
I guess I guess Peru is is, is like is like Colombia's coco, which is hilarious to me. You know, they, they just he says that they just for whatever reason just can't they can't deal with with the Peruvians, which which just cracks me up. It's all the political connotations, man. The that game with uh, Peru versus Ecuador was intense, even in the crowds. Even there was a small crowd, it was intense, and and it, it, it whenever there's those political uh, background behind it, it always adds an extra, how do you say, moment of pressure that is unique to that specific game. Hey, speaking of uh, Arango, I think he's Venezuelan. He was, he's sort of like, because uh, uh, Bam Bam, uh, what's his name? All these, all these, uh, like. Oh no, guys. this is this is a different Juan. I mean, they're both named the same oh. Juan Arango, yeah, but this is a different guy. Okay. You talk about Juan Arango, the guy who played for Cholos. Okay, I was thinking yeah. of the announcers, like these new announcers, like Matosas and. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That Juan Arango that was on the, on the show last night, he's the Venezuelan, like the free kick guy from Cholos. Yeah, that guy is legit. But he, but as an announcer, he was sort of quiet. I was expecting more, but Bam Bam, that guy's like legit, man. That guy is funny. And then Miguel Herrera, did you notice he was like hating on on Norsorio in this game, uh, this last game? He was doing it subtly, but uh, but that was sort of entertaining. I want to see that like if in this next game, I want to see him, you know, take some more jabs. And I think there was this one guy from uh, he got fired, didn't he, from one of his? Uh... Chilaver. What happened? Yeah, Chilaver. What what did he do? He said something. He said a oh, comment. That uh, in re- I I don't remember what the comment. Was. Oh, that he said that the 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 that the uh, the the the, the board was bought and sold or something like that. The yeah, he called someone corrupt. The person should be jailed for something. Oh, yeah. That should be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he got fired. So speaking of like Miguel Herrera and his uh, not guesses that he does, he got fired from the national team. Let's see what happens for uh, Univision. He's probably being being held in check. <laughs> Just don't get him near Martinoli. Gosh, man. I wish somebody beat him up. But anyways, <laughs> that's a different story. Now, you know, one thing I've noticed about about this Copa America that they're having in this country, and uh, I won't talk about too much of the behind-the-scenes stuff, just kind of the kind of the overall organization that, I, that, I, that I've seen and noticed and and I, I do think that this is going to be a problem for the U.S. as they bid for for a World Cup in 2026. Is so they want to use their NFL stadiums. The NFL stadiums are terrific. They're state of the art. Everybody loves them. They have all this stuff. They're great, fantastic. Um, unfortunately, very few NFL stadiums now, at least in areas where they're, where they're probably going to want to play, have a natural playing surface. Almost all of them have field turf. So they have to bring in the fake grass, or they have to put the grass on top. Uh, you know, the 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 plain surfaces in Houston were, were bad. The one in, in New York, Niablan, it was terrible. Uh, Boston's was okay, I guess. Uh, Seattle's have been, you know, again out of uh, out of the out of all the stadiums that they've used for for Copa America, only one of them had a natural grass surface to begin with, and that was Santa Clara. Uh, that's a problem. And I think it's going to be a problem for the U.S. The other thing, and I think that this is where I think teams were just kind of disconnected and just didn't want to deal with it, is 
okay, Uruguay, I think I think Uruguay really didn't necessarily want to play this tournament all that much, and I think that when they lost to Mexico, they kind of kind of took the wind out of their sails. So Uruguay flies, they have to go to Phoenix, right? That's where they play the first game. They have to fly, what, six hours to Philadelphia for their next game. And then they got to fly back to the West Coast to Santa Clara to play their third game, which turned out to be a meaningless game. And that's just the travel for one of their teams. You know, Paraguay had to go. I mean, it's just back and forth. I mean, the the, the miles that these teams have logged has has been insane. I mean, I I did I went I, last week. I did Seattle, San Jose, Philadelphia. I did Austin, Seattle, San Jose, Philadelphia, back to Austin, and I was wiped out. You know, I did that in seven days, and I and I was totally wiped out. And all all, all I'm doing is sitting in a truck playing the score butt. You know, that's all I ever did. Hmm. So, and they want to do the Mexico and U.S. <laughs> as a World Cup. What do you think of that rumor that they want to make Copa America in the USA from now on? Conmebol will not do it. I guarantee you, they won't do it. That's a huge robbery if, if they do something like that. Yeah, there's no. I mean, the, to me, it, to me, that this tournament has proved that that the only the only reason that this tournament right now is in the U.S. has nothing to do with with uh, South American sides. It has everything to do. Well, that's not true. Obviously, certain players are going to draw bigger crowds. But you know, like like the Messi's and the Argentinas and the Brazils. But 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 the the star of this show, at least as far as the, putting fans in the seats, is in Mexico. I think Mexico is the only team that has sold out all their games. Hey, so do you think, like, for all this World Cup stuff in the U.S., um, the, this FIFA, or do you think everyone is um, correlating Mexico with the U.S. and the and the Puto chant because, or will that hurt the U.S. in any bids? Because in the U.S., there's Mexican fans <laughs> that are doing this. Or I, I, I personally think that the the, the puto chant is is going is going to die. It, 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 it's going to go away. They have to go about it the right way, though. I mean, they can't. When 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 a, when when a nation of a people of a nation, you know, collectively, when you tell them to to stop doing something, you know, kind of look at you and go, "Are you serious?" And and just do it louder. You know, I mean, I know that we've talked about this wait, before. Man. It's, but that's the point, Fernando, is that impunity is not a basic human right. And uh, for for a lot of Mexicans, unfortunately, it is. But it 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 it, it is, and I think it will stop. I think it just is just, you know, it's 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 had its fun, and you know, let's let little let's think of something else to say. You know, why don't we say? I'm gonna quote you on that, man. I actually like that line. Impunity is not a human right. It's pretty good, man. It's true. No, I I believe you. That's true. Yeah, and it was actually okay. a great line. Gonna quote Thank you. you. Thank <laughs> you. Quotes by you. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> as I was, yeah. So I don't know, but but I do think that 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 the uh, the the lack of of usable stadiums. I guess the Rose Bowl is the only one that has a natural surface. The and Santa Clara, the 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 lack of usable stadiums to where they have that have natural playing surfaces. I think is going to be a huge, huge, and then and then just the travel alone is going to be a huge, huge problem for for the U.S. 
I mean, I really, I really do. And right. I think that, and I think that this Copa America Centenario has proved it. How they, how they do it? Was it an issue in '94? No, because in '94, uh, it wasn't until '98 that it, because it, it uh, back up uh, the World Cups from like would would have uh, like when Mexico played the World Cup in '86. Each group had had a city or, or a couple of cities where they played all their games. So, like uh, like the uh, like the France group, they played it in Guanajuato, in León, and Irapuato. So they played all the games in in, in one of the two cities. Uh, okay. And like and like the like the seed the, the seeds the seed the, the the seed of the group seed played all their games in one stadium. So they never had to travel at all. And and then when they had the World Cup in '94, uh, Mexico played. They played two games in Orlando. They played, no, I'm sorry, two games in Washington and one in Orlando. And then, and then, uh, like Italy played two games in New York and one in Washington. Uh, Ireland played, uh, two in New York and one in Washington and one in Orlando, et cetera. So they, they, so their travel was pretty limited. It wasn't until the 98 World Cup where they decided to, like, break up the pods, so to speak, and, and then play them all over the country. But, you know, but France is the size of Texas. You can do that. Yeah. You know, in, in Europe, it's very easy. You, you can't do that in a country like, like the, they're, they're going to ready to do it in, in Russia. You know, Russia's a pretty big country, so 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 now I mean they're going to run into this kind of the same situation where they'll play one game in one, and then like you have to fly five hours to play your next one. Yeah, that, that that's definitely going to be a problem. So that's why I think that uh, that that you know people are just automatically assume that the U.S. is going to get the World Cup. I'm not so sure. Because of logistical things like that, I think that it that, that, that it really really puts them behind. And then if, and then it, with the plane surfaces being as bad as they've been, and this was, you know, usually like when Mexico plays in Moleto, they'll come and roll the grass in, maybe two or three days before the game. Well, this stuff has been there for two weeks and it looks terrible. And and I'm not so sure that they're gonna wanna. You know, put the grass in, you know, maybe if they put it like a month or two months ahead of time, then maybe, you know, maybe it'll take hold. But I mean, it's just, it's been like we, we did the game up in Seattle and they put the grass in two weeks, two weeks before. And then they paint, you know, they, they put the grass in and they paint the lines. Well, the grass shifted. So the lines looked like they'd been drawn, you know, by a guy that had like an epileptic fit in the middle of driving. I mean, they were all sorts of crooked. It was hilarious. It was really bad. And, uh, yeah, so it's just uh, it's just something to consider. I mean, I'm not saying the Mexican that they it totally disqualifies them, but I do think that it's going to be a that it's definitely going to be something that's going to uh, be a hindrance. Actually, I was talking to uh, what's her name, Anacati, on Univision Deportes. She was at the stadium tonight, and uh, and and I asked her. I said, "How was the field out there?" She, I mean, there were a couple of Chile players that just slipped for no reason. That just like slipped. And I asked her how the plane surface was, and she's like, it just it wasn't very good. And she says, and I've seen, you know, I've been going to all these stadiums, and I've seen it all over the place, and it's just rough. And uh, and we were talking about, it. I said, I said that's going to be a problem for them. And she and she absolutely agreed. She was, like, you're right. It's 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 definitely going to be a problem. I mean, and I, when I think of NFL stadiums that have uh, that have grass, there's there's just just a handful now. I mean, all the other ones have have the uh, the the fake stuff, the field turf. And, uh, you know, look at Argentina. So Argentina wins their group. What's their prize? They have to fly from Seattle to Boston. That's a long flight. Yeah. Very long flight. Yeah, I remember hearing a lot about Houston's 
Houston's field being really bad, but then I didn't see too much issue during the game. And isn't Phoenix's stadium have grass that they move out of the? They, they yeah, sir. They they wheel it in and out. Yeah, it's, it's natural grass. It's actually top notch grass, man. It's beautiful every time I step on it. Even feels good to step on it. And 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 they grow it outside and then they wheel it in for the game, right? And then what they do? Yep. And then That's when the game's over, they they wheel it back out. Yes, sir. It's yeah. the, that Arizona sun is making that great grass, man. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's there's plenty of sun in Arizona, that's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm very disappointed in our other fellow podcasters that that talked a big game, and they when fl- it was all said and done, they chickened out. <laughs> they flaked out. <laughs> Do we have any other comments on the uh, on on the chat? No, I think the I think one of the dudes headed out. I followed him. Um, Wire SOG, Pon Bowl Cinco. He uh he had to leave so. Fair enough. Well, gentlemen, do we have any anything else to say, or we could we go ahead and wrap it up? Wrap it up. I think we're good. I got some Ronnie's jams too. Sony Dado. All right, man. All right, boys. Well, this has been the uh, Los Aceto Football Podcast, uh, a special Tuesday edition. Thank you guys for joining us, and uh, we will uh, be back on probably next week, hopefully uh, maybe either a preview or a review of a, of a semifinal match that will take place in Chicago. But, uh, thank you, Fernando, for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure, always. And Albert, thank you very much. Yeah, good time. And we will be with you guys next week, so thanks for listening, and... Uh, Take care, and uh, we will discuss with you guys later. Thank you. Bye-bye.